What's going on? It's the Rock the Walls podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Walford. On today's podcast, we'll be speaking with vocalist of the Acacia Strain, Vincent Bennett. They just dropped their brand new album, Grave Bloom, on Rise Records last week, so we talk all about the writing and recording of that. Being out on the Vans Warp Tour all summer, some of his favorite Warp Tour memories, who he's looking forward to seeing this summer and hanging out with, and a whole lot more. So very excited for today's podcast. If you have not, you can subscribe to the Rock the Walls podcast over on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Simply search Rock the Walls, click subscribe, and never miss an episode. You can also follow me over on social media at Rock the Walls on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and as well throw a follow over to Adobe at Adobe Howell and at Adobe Radio on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Right now, we're going to kick the show off with Vincent Bennett of the Acacia Strain, a real fun interview that I got to do with him just before the band kicked off the Vans Warp Tour. The intro answer to this interview is probably the best intro answer to any interview that I have ever done. So keep your ears peeled in about the next minute or so into this interview. It's a real good time. Here it is, my interview with Vincent Bennett, vocalist of the Acacia Strain, here on Rock the Walls. You are listening to Adobe Warped Radio. I'm your host, Patrick Walford, host of Rock the Walls, Saturdays at 8 p.m. on the station. Right now, we are joined by a band that are going to be playing the Mutant Super Soda stages all summer long on the Vans Warped Tour. Going to be dropping their brand new album, Grave Bloom, coming out on June 30th on Rise Records. We are here with vocalist of the Acacia Strain, Vincent Bennett. Vince, uh, how's everything going, man? Just getting set to uh, drop the new album and hit the Warped Tour in about a week and a half here. Uh, just how's everything going? Great, Patrick. Uh, it's just like pre pre tour is just the most stressful time in a musician's life. Like, forget recording, forget actually traveling. It's just like getting ready to go on tour is like just it's anxiety provoking. You know, you have to make sure you have everything. You don't want to forget anything. You got to get all the logistics down. You got to get from point A to point B to point C. And uh, oftentimes, a lot of your band members just are along for the ride, so they don't really help and they don't really understand like what it's all about. So. If any of my band members are listening right now, I'd appreciate it if you next time just fucking help me a little bit. This is an open shout out to all my band members. Um, also, if you're in a band, work as a team. You know, this shit is hard. I have to drive from New York State to Seattle and somehow figure out how to get uh, six other adult babies there in one piece. It's not, it's not that difficult, but it's just like, you know, thinking about it is making me stressed. And then the album's coming out, so I'm like, oh shit, like, this has been uh, a year in the making, so I have that on my back, too. But it's exciting. Like, I'm really excited for Warped. I'm really excited for the album to come out. I want people to hear it, and I want people to be able to, like, catch us live and uh, see some of the new songs. Yeah, man, definitely for sure. Now, just getting ready for Warped and stuff, too. Obviously, it's a little bit different than uh, any other tour, just in the fact that, like, you got to do shit like, uh, you know, order all your merch for, for the entire tour and get all that kind of stuff ready. But, but you know, as you said, just getting everything else so you don't forget anything for the six, seven weeks you're out on the tour and whatnot. Just for you, um, you know, you've done the Warp Tour before, but, you know, uh, just doing it this time around, uh, just uh, what are kind of your expectations uh, going into it this time around? Uh, well, the first time we did it, it was a new thing, you know, and this, uh, I have a little bit more experience, so I really know, I think I know what I'm getting myself into this time. There's no, not going to be any surprises. And this year, it's more, uh, it's more towards the heavy end of it, you know, like Hate Breeds on it, Guar's on it, Sick Vittles on it, We're on it. Um, so it's like, 
it's it's kind of like mayhem meets warped. So it's kind of a good feeling. Like the last time we did it, there was there wasn't a lot of bands like us. It was like basically us and Winds of Plague, and that's it. And now we have a lot of our peers on the tour, like After the Burial and and Amur and stuff like that. So we're going to be a little closer to our comfort zone, and it's a good feeling, you know. And I know I already know what I'm getting myself into. It's basically like an, it's like a summer camp for band members. Um, and it's it's just a wild time, so it's gonna be. I feel like this year, since I already know what I'm getting myself into, and we are gonna be surrounded by more bands of our genre, it's gonna be more comfortable, and I'm gonna have a better time, you know. And uh, yeah. it should be a good time for everybody. Yeah, man, definitely. And it, it's really cool too, as well. I don't know if you uh, had the chance to uh, go to the tour at all last year, but the fact that they now have two monster stages, and it's just a uh, one band after another, yeah. uh, like the the dates that I went to, um, the monster stages were honestly pulling just as big of crowds as the uh, the journey's main stages. It was a uh, yeah, awesome. and it's it's cool because those stages are usually set far away from everything else because they want to keep like the they want to keep the crazy people away from the children and <laughs> and uh, the fact that they have them running back to back and there's no real set times, you can basically just camp out there all day and see all of the bands you want to see without having to worry about, oh, shit, am I going to... You know, like, yeah. it's it's cool that they they lump all the bands together and they just keep it running constantly. Like, you have, you know, while one stage is going, the other band is setting up. So it's just like, it's a it's a nonstop turn, uh, turntable of, of music that you want to see if you're going for that kind of that kind of music. It's a cool feeling, because, like, Warped Tour can be kind of overwhelming, because there is a lot of stages, not a lot of bands, and there's a lot of things happening at the same time. For like a first or second timer, it's like, holy shit, like, what do I even do? How do I even see the bands I want to see? So it's like, without even having to look at the wall, you know, the monster stages is a place to be, you know? Yeah. Now, just looking at the lineup, uh, who are some bands that you're uh, stoked to see this summer that uh, maybe you haven't had the, the opportunity to, but are finally going to get the uh, chance to? Uh, you know, as you mentioned, you guys have uh, really, uh, when you look at the lineup, uh, just a fucking shitload of uh, bands that you guys have. Uh, toured with before uh but you know aside from that who are some bands you're stoked to check out uh i'm really excited to see goldfinger above all others you know like yeah. the fact that I, I didn't even realize they were on the tour until a week ago and rise has announced that they're putting out their their new record and like yeah we're, catch them on summer all summer and works i was like fucking seriously goldfinger like i just listened to goldfinger when i was like walk home from school when i was 15 years old so that's just like such a throwback for me it's going to be so awesome like i just want to just I don't even want to like break the mystique of like knowing by knowing them. I just want to watch them every day, you know. Plus, like Hatebreed, like you can't go wrong. Like my one of my first world tours I went to was the first time I saw Hatebreed. I was like 16 or 17 years old, and it was just a wild time. And I was like, I fucking circle pitted, you know. I fucking got in the mosh pit, and like since then we've toured with Hatebreed and become kind of friendly with them. And it's like, okay, so this is kind of like reliving my childhood, but at the same time knowing what's going on and knowing the whole thing. It's going to be such a weird, like, uh, contrast and a weird balance that I have to maintain without being like, look, I'm, I'm watching Paper on Warp Tour, you know, or I'm seeing Candiria on Warp Tour, which is one of those bands that I, when I was like a teenager, I elevated to God status. So now I'm touring with them and it's like, fuck, this is real. This is real life. Sick of it all was my first hardcore band. So like, I used to, I learned how to skateboard in my mom's backyard while I was in a sick row when I was 16, 15 years old. So it's like going on a warp tour, touring with them is just like a, I don't want to say a dream come true because that's a weird dream to have, but like, it's just like a surreal experience to me to even be able to say that out loud, 
Yeah, a hundred percent, man. It's uh, the this year's tour. I think the lineup overall uh, in in years. I mean, I've I've always been a, a fan of uh, of each year's Warped Tour lineup, but I think this might be a. Uh, the best one that they've had in a while and I it's just... for sure like catering it's catering to a lot of different people like the people who are like it's not the same as it used to be and the people who are like i need fucking pop punk in my life you know like yeah it's cool yeah definitely we are here talking with vincent bennett he is the vocalist of the acacia strain they're going to be dropping their brand new album grave bloom coming out on june the 30th on rise records you can catch them it on the warp tour all summer long as well now, just talking about the brand new album, Grateful, man, uh, just uh, for you going into writing and whatnot, you know, you guys uh, did, a, did a new track on the Depression Sessions with, uh, you know, Thy Art is Murder, Fit for an Autopsy, and, you know, working with uh, a producer like Will, uh, who you guys uh, have recorded with before, I mean, just going into it this time, uh, what was it really like for yourself and kind of the, the mindset going into it uh, from, you know, kind of a, a lyrical standpoint for yourself? Um... I mean, I hate recording. It's such a, it's so, there's so much pressure because you're on this, you know, it's going to be forever. You put down a vocal and it's not exactly like you want it to be and it just gets kept. It's on that forever and it's on it for life. So like recording vocals is a stressful thing. Um, but I knocked it out. Like, I don't know. I didn't really have any expectations. I, I just hate recording. So that was my whole thing where I was just like, I'm only going to be there for a fucking week. I don't want to hang out with you guys. You guys, we ju- we literally just got off the tour mm-hmm. and then we went into the studio. So I was already sick of my band members and I just didn't want to be there. I was like, I'm going home. You guys can do whatever the fuck you want. I'm going to stay home. Let me know when it's time to lay down vocals. So uh, I was kind of an asshole, um, but my band's kind of used to it by now. Um, but yeah, like it was a it was a cool experience this time because normally like I'm in the studio like for Cumulich, I was in the studio the entire time, and it's like what is there for me to do there when they're tracking drums, or what is there for me to do there when they're tracking leads? Like there's nothing for me there, but I was there the entire time because I wanted to feel the entire experience. But instead, I instead of like being in it and getting the entire experience, I got strep throat and fucking bronchitis at the same time, and I was sleeping on a floor and just being miserable. And it kind of came out on the record, which is cool. But to be able to to have to suffer that hard to just to get an outcome was not anything I ever wanted to do again. So I was just kind of like, "Fuck it, and I'm, I'll be there when you need me." I did it. I was there for a week. I recorded all my vocals in a week. It came out better than I think. And this is not me patting myself on the back. This is just how I felt. They came out better than I ever had done vocals before. Like it just felt good. It felt right. I was getting fucking the craziest headaches. I could only do two songs a day. I was getting these insane migraines because I was, go- I was trying so hard, you know, cause I was like, I have to get this done. It has to sound awesome. And, uh, Will's a great person. He's very like laid back as far as producers and engineers are concerned. Cause he's like, yeah, do whatever you want. Do, we'll do this today. We'll do it tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Well, as long as you get it done, it'll get done. He's not like the type of dude, like, I heard other producers like, you fucked up, do a lap around the building. Like, he's not like that kind of person. He's just kind of laid back. You can joke around with him. And he's not all business, which is cool, and it's helpful because, like I said, recording is a very stressful experience. So it's like, that's why we go to Will. He's one of us. You know, he's our peer. He's he's my age. He's in a band, and he knows how it feels to be in the situation that you're in when you're recording. So it's, it's cool to have someone like that on your side and and working for you yeah uh, 150% man I mean I, I think it also reflects in just all, all the amazing work that that he's done I mean just 
you, you think of just how many amazing and kind of like, uh, you know, like the seminal kind of records within all the, the heavy music genres that he's recorded over these past couple of years. It's, uh, it's fucking insane. Yeah. And the thing is, is like his studio for his, for the genre that he records, his studio is in the perfect area because it's the most dismal, industrial, disgusting area. And there's nowhere to go and there's nothing to do. So you're 100% focused on what you're doing. And ask any band who's ever recorded there, like if they if they like it, and they'll say, "I fucking hate that building," but it brings the best out in in the recording. It's like a it's like a weird like trial, where you're like or a boot camp or something like that, where you're like you're trying to be your best you, but you're forced to live in these surroundings that are just the worst. And it's a it's a crazy like it's a crazy balance you have to strike with yourself. You're like, I know I have to do this, I don't have to get it done. I know this is my life right now, and I have to fucking deal with it. Just uh, just going in and just doing the vocals, like in terms of just being in the studio for a week, uh, you know, being at home and whatnot and writing the record, how much do you feel that that kind of helped you uh, kind of in prepping before going into the studio? It's definitely comfortable. You know, I, I can't like ever, I have to, when I write lyrics, I have to sit down in a silent, dark room, listen to the songs over and over and over and over again so I can make sure I'm doing it right. You know, like, I have everything prepped. Like, I have, I don't write lyrics like, uh, I don't know, I guess there's no typical way to write lyrics, but I write lyrics when I'm falling asleep at night or when I'm driving or when my mind is just, in the, you know, I'm in the shower, when my mind is alone, you know? Um, and that's, I feel like when I'm most creative is when I'm, like, trying to not be. And uh, shit just comes to me, I write it down on a piece of paper, I'll wake up in the morning, like, what the fuck does this even say? flaming globes like i have no idea and it'll come to me and i'll have i'll do this for two years like i'll start writing I, i've already started writing lyrics for the next record uh while we were recording grave bloom so it's like i it's a it's a two-year process and uh it was fucking insane because i got a i got a new phone a lot of my notes are on my phone which is a bad idea like i i don't recommend it anymore like a carry pad and a pen with me now because i just hate technology because I almost lost two years worth of lyrics because I got a new phone and I forgot to back it up. So it's like, I was like actually going to jump off a bridge. It was not a good feeling. Um, but I got them back. It was like stored in the cloud or whatever the fuck. And so, yeah, being at home afforded me the luxury of being able to just sit down and listen to the songs as they sent them to me and kind of just like put the puzzle together. And uh, it was an, it was a really cool experience. Like I have to do it every time, but this time I I wasn't forced to take myself out of the situation. I was already out of the situation, so it was like it was easier, um, and it feels natural. It feels more natural, and the flow is there. And it's it's just like a it's a it's a record you can feel because of the lyrics and the and the musical content. I feel like this time around. Yeah, for sure, and I definitely think the listeners can hear that in the first two tracks that you guys have uh, released off the album. Track number three, uh, Bitter Pill, and track number four, Big Sleep. Just in terms of, uh, you know, when, when it came to writing the record and whatnot, um, you know, when you got the instrumentals, uh, what for you, was it something where you just wrote entire songs at once, or as the songs came in, you were kind of writing more lyrics to, uh, like, each song type deal? Um, It's one of those things where I... I have like lines here and there and I kind of just like, I'll take, I'll take the feeling of a song. Like if I feel a song should be about this, I'll make it about this. So like, I have like a, I have a weird system. Like I'll write 
I have a I have a concept in my brain from day one, and I kind of just like write lyrics to that. But then there's other concepts that come out, uh, and I'll just like kind of piece them together. Like, like, oh, I want this song to be about the ocean, and I'll write, you know, I'll take all the ocean lyrics, all the lyrics that are about water, and I'll throw them together, and they kind of just fit because I'm writing for that. And uh, so, like, when I hear a song that's super fast and driving, I'm like, all right, this has to be aggressive. These lyrics have to be kind of about something aggressive, so I'll just do that. I don't know, it's like, it's hard to describe. I just have to, like, you'd have to experience it from my brain. It doesn't really make sense. It doesn't really make sense to me as I'm saying it out loud. Um, but, like, the whole album was written and all the pre-production was done in hotel rooms while we were on the tour. Like I said, we were on tour directly before that with Dying Speedus, so it was like, yeah. shit. We have to go in the studio. We have to make an album. So we were like forcing ourselves, like locking ourselves in these hotel rooms on days off and just writing songs and just like putting them to, you know, like we would have like a MIDI drummer thing and just like kind of throw them together. And I would, I would try and write songs like that. But when you bring into the studio, like a good producer would be like, we should do this or maybe don't do that or, you know, like. So I was writing to the pre production tracks and then I was rewriting as I heard the songs how they were going to be finally. And I always add. Stuff, and I always take stuff away so the final the final thing isn't final until it's recorded like even as I'm recording it me and Will will like toss ideas back and forth to each other and be like maybe I should say this instead or maybe this rhyme is stupid and that doesn't make any sense so we'll change it on the fly as I'm doing it which is cool he's good for that like he's 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 surprisingly he's a guitar player but like he's a surprisingly good uh, idea man as far as words are concerned you know yeah. which is is helpful to me too because I'm uh, sometimes I hit a roadblock you know you, you're if, if you're a writer you can't always be a writer you have to kind of be like a a listener sometimes too because you need that extra set of ears and that extra brain to help you like be the best you can be I guess on this album, is there, is there a particular song uh, for you? I mean, just uh, I've always kind of been curious about this, just from the lyrical aspect that you kind of write from. How much of it is, um, you know, uh, from kind of a, a thematic perspective uh, that you kind of have maybe for a song and kind of, uh, you know, your own personal uh, thoughts and, uh, and on the lyrics within not only this album, but, you know, the Casey Strains catalog kind of as an entirety? Uh, this album is the most me I've ever made. You know, like, a lot of, you know, like, when you're, when I was younger, all the songs were about talking, I hate everything, sucks, everything sucks, you suck, they suck, everyone sucks, the world sucks. Then, like, I started growing up a little bit, and I was like, all right, well, maybe everything doesn't suck, maybe it's my, maybe I suck, you know, like, so then the record was about, oh, there's fucking problems and all this other shit, but this record is just, like, me, you know, this is, this is a raw album about my life the past, like, five or six years everything that's happened to me, everything I've gone through, the good and the bad, um, on paper, sets music, and I feel like it's the most adult thing Acacia Strain has ever done. Because we're all adults now, you know? Like, when you're a kid, you have a lot of angst, and you're fucking, you just want to, I just want to, like, rip a record of anger and piss everybody off. And now it's just like, you know what? Like, I want to make somebody feel something. I want to make someone understand why I am the way I am and why we are the way we are and maybe feel it a little bit too, because maybe you're like that also. Um, so every song on this record is like, it's not like up front, like, these are my problems, A, B, C, D, you know, it's like yeah. more like, it's, it's everything's, everything's metaphorical, like, there's songs about, 
you know, dying in the desert. The song is about, you know, fucking whatever. You know, like Bitter Pill is, is a revenge song. And, uh, you know, uh, so is, uh, what am I saying? Big Sleep, a revenge song. So it's like, you know, you have to, you, I had to find the good balance between everything in my life that's going on that I want to talk about and kind of make it so people aren't sure exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, my favorite, I think my favorite song on the record lyrically is Abyssal Depths because it's just like, it, lyrically and musically, it's just like a power, it feels powerful to me. And when I play it for people, they're like, Jesus Christ, like what did you just do to me? I feel different now. And like I played, uh, I Kubukan was playing in town and I had him stay over and Matt was like, hey, can I hear my song? And I was like, yeah, sure. It was before we released it. And I was like, you guys want to just hear the whole record? Which I, not typically like a fan of doing that because I don't like to watch people listen and I don't like to force people down and they wanted to hear it. They were just afraid to ask. So I had them listen to the whole record and they were sitting on my couch in my house and they were just like, like, I don't feel good. Like, I don't feel the same as I did before I listened to this record. I was like, that's what we're going for. You know, we want to make people feel something good or bad, up or down, like when they listen to the record and they're my, they're my friends. So that meant a lot to me that they listened to it and they took away from it the, what I wanted them, what I wanted any person to take away from it, which was a feeling of anything. I want them to feel, I want people to feel the record. You know, I want people to, to, last, to the last second sit on, the, sit on their couches or in their cars and just be like, what the fuck just happened to me? Yeah, man, that, that lasting impression. Uh, I, th I think that's, uh, at the end of the day, that, that's really the, the goal of, of, of any musician, you, you know what I mean? But I feel like almost, yeah. almost sometimes, you know, the, like bands don't, don't even like think about that when they're, when they're writing or recording a record, you know what I mean? There's a lot of records, they'll come out and you'll listen to it and you'll be like, yeah, this record might be good, but I don't necessarily like feel anything from it, you know what I mean? Right. A lot of people and... I've, we've been guilty of this in our younger days is that we just want to write records that people fucking mosh to. You know, we're just like, yeah, this is the crowd's going to go fucking nuts when they hear this shit. And it's like, yo, you need to chill. You need to stop thinking about the crowd and write the record that you want to write, you know? Yeah. For you and, uh, you know, doing the Acacia strain for, for so long at this point, you know, as you said, you know, kind of from when you guys were, were kids now into adulthood and whatnot, man, just, uh, when would you say kind of your perspective on kind of all that kind of change when it came to, you know, writing music and recording and whatnot? Was it like, was it just like a certain point in time or just kind of over time that, that it kind of happened for you? I really don't know. It's just like, I feel like it's a gradual change. And as you get older, you do things differently, you know? So it's like when you're first in a band and you find out you're recording a record, you're very excited. You know, you're very just like, oh, my God, we're going to make the best record ever. And now it's just like as you grow up and go through the years, it becomes more of a tedious thing. Like I like I said, I don't like recording. I fucking I despise it. It's my least favorite part about being in a band. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't take away from the fact that I want to do the best I can and release the best record. I think we we can at any given point in time. It's, it's crazy to me because like when you think about it, you were literally writing songs on the fly. So when you write a song, you're just like, this is the song, that's it. But if you tried writing it a day later, it would be completely different, you know? So it's yeah. like any moment captured in a song is exactly that moment. 
it's not going to be it's not going to be it wouldn't be the same if you did it even an hour later it's a, it's a, it's an actual moment captured in time of your creativity and that's just how your brain works at, at that any given moment and that's why i think music is so cool because as a lyricist like i could have put different words to different songs like the lyrics to the song beasts could have been the lyrics to the song ramirez and vice versa and that blows my own fucking mind because i chose to put the lyrics to the songs that i chose for the lyrics to and people relate those songs and those lyrics to certain moments in their own lives like the first time they heard the song and the first time they understood the lyrics that moment in time is captured also so it's like music is just like a music is a is a cycle of just capturing certain moments and and like certain songs remind you of certain things and certain songs remind you of certain people because that's where you were at that moment in your in your life where you first heard that song. It's fucking insane if you think about it. You know, and people people who are like, well, music's not the same, music's not the same as it used to be. It's like, no, you like that music more because you were younger and it reminded you, it reminds you of being younger and it reminds you of like hearing it for the first time. The first time you experience something is the literal first and only time you can experience that thing for the first time. Mm -hmm. So as you listen to it in your life, you're like, yeah, this reminds me of being young. So people don't generally actually think music used to be better. It just reminds them of that point in time in their life. Like Insane. De definitely, man. What I feel too, you know, as people get older, they might not realize it, but, you know, because of all this other shit going on in their life sometimes, they might, they might not invest as much time into, you know, finding new music and stuff like that. But, I mean, you look at all, like, there's just so many heavy bands out there right now, man, like, that are just fucking absolutely killing it. You know, you know what I mean? Just, uh, so many yeah. great records out there, you know, if anything, uh, in some cases, you know, the genre, some of the genres are as, are as strong as they've ever been, really. But it's just stubborn adults that don't understand, like, you like that because you were young. And it reminds you of a, a better time, a more youthful, freer time in your life where you're not working 40 hours a week, you know? And it reminds you of the first time you ever heard it, you know? Like, the first time you do something, you can't ever replicate that, yeah. you know? I always use World of Warcraft as an analogy because I use I play World of Warcraft and a lot of people are like it's not the same as it used to be. Vanilla Warcraft was sick. It's like no, that's the first time you experienced the game. It was fucking magical. You're in this open world where you can do anything the fuck you want. You're questing for the whatever side you chose for. So like you compare it to game ten years is not going to be the same as the first time. That's why people it's it, you can that analogy can can be compared to anything. You know, like the first time you could, when you first got your license and you first drove to the store, like now you drive to the store, you're like, God, oh, the fucking store sucks. But the first time you drove to the store, you're like, I get to go to the store, I can buy a pack of Skittles, I can eat them in my car on the way home, and my mom, fuck off, you know? Like, so it's just like the first time you do something is, is a magical thing. And it's the same with music. The first time you listen to a, a heavy band and you've never heard this genre before, that's the band that's going to, you're going to stick to forever because that's the first band. It doesn't make, any of the other bands around worse. It's just that's the band that you found. I guess I kind of strayed from your question a little bit, but <laughs> I feel like I, I support my own answer. No, yeah. It, it was an awesome analogy, and, and I, I, I agree completely. We are here talking with Vincent Bennett. He is the vocalist of the Acacia Strain. They're going to be dropping their brand new album, Grave Bloom, coming out on June the 30th on Rise Records. You can catch him out on the Warp Tour all summer long as well. Now, Vincent, just talking about uh, favorite Warped Tour memories, uh, just growing up and going as a fan, uh, for yourself, 
what are your some of your favorite memories? Uh, you know, whether it was uh, you know your first time playing the tour or uh, just going as a kid. Like I was like a young kid. Satisfaction just came out. I was on Warp Tour and I, I saw Hatebreed play and I got in a circle pit and I was like, this is fucking sick. I'm fucking circle pitting. You know, my mom, you know, like, and it was just like an amazing experience. That's the one that like really catches me in the head every single time I think about a Warp Tour experience. Also, I saw Eminem on Warp Tour one year. That was crazy. People were throwing glass bottles at him. <laughs> it was fucking insane. Even as a even as a young man, I was like, "Why is Eminem on this tour? This doesn't make any sense." He had like a giant fucking uh, Frankenstein pill monster or whatever on stage, and like Pennywise was setting up on the stage next to him, so everyone was just throwing bottles and cans and shit at him. And I didn't. I was like, "That sucks." That it. Why would Why would they do that? You know. Yeah. Rude. Now, just as far as uh, getting out to the Warp Tour and whatnot and uh, being out on the tour, are you guys uh, going to be uh, sharing a bus with anybody, or are you guys uh, going to be taking out a bandwagon or a van? Uh, we're, hitting, we're hitting a bandwagon. It's a good, solid vehicle, and it has a shower, so that's all I care about. Buses don't have showers. You are going to smell. Like, and then the Warp Tour communal showers are just awful, and their lines are fucking hours long. So I prefer a bandwagon because it has a shower in it. It's not as big as a bus, but we're not bringing a lot of people, so it doesn't matter. As long as I get to sleep in a semi-bed, I'm good. I take a shower, perfect. Mm-hmm. Have air conditioning, even better. For sure, and even a, you know, a little like a kitchen kind of counter sink thing, too. Cause exactly. Because the, the catering line Satellite. Fit for a King is doing it in a van, and I feel bad for them because I'm not letting them use air conditioning. <laughs> yeah man there, there's a there's a couple bands i've actually uh talked to just doing these pre-tour interviews that are uh they're gonna they're gonna attempt to do it in, in the van i know there's there's a couple drives on the tour that are uh pretty insane overnight all, drives so they're all insane now vincent uh just as far as uh where the listeners can go and uh pick up uh grave bloom uh just uh pre-order packages whether they want to get a uh, merch vinyl uh cds where would you like them to go for that yeah uh just go to rise i think rise records dot com gives you a link but if you want to just go to merchnow.com and search for a case strain i don't know the exact uh hyperlink as the kids say uh but i guess i would just go to rise or our instagram the occasion at the occasion strain or our twitter at the occasion strain or fucking look it up at google like i tell everyone in the world whenever they ask me any question look it up well, Vincent, thanks a lot for joining me on Adobe Warped Radio, man. I really appreciate it for your time. I'm really stoked to see you guys out on the Warp Tour all summer long playing the Mutant Super Soda stages. One of the things I like to do with the bands that I interview is I get them to uh, choose a song from their catalog they want the listeners to hear. And then as well, uh, since you guys are going to be on the Warp Tour this summer, just uh, any song you want to hear from a band uh, playing the Warp Tour for the listeners to hear. Oh, man. All right. Uh, through an Act of Violence by Hatebreed is my jam. Oh, yeah, man. I love Hatebreed. I don't know if I mentioned that. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, to uh, a track off of uh, the, brand, uh, the brand new album as well. Uh, how about, uh, since it's already out, uh, do Big Sleep or Bitter Pill? Yeah, Big Sleep. All right, awesome, man. Sounds great. Uh, Vincent, uh, thanks a lot, man, and we'll see you on the Warp Tour in a couple of weeks. Thanks a lot, Patrick. appreciate it. Go and check their new record at Grave Bloom. It's going to be dropping June the 30th on Rise Records. It's a track off of that album. It's the Acacia Strain, Big Sleep, on ITLB Warped Radio. Oh, you make me a 
Casey Estrain, Big Sleep on Rock the Walls. That is off of their new album, Grave Bloom, which they dropped yesterday on Rise Records. Go and pick that record up. It's absolutely unreal front to back. And catch them on the Vans Warp Tour all summer long, playing the Mutant Super Soda stages. A special thank you goes out to vocalist of the Acacia Strain, Vincent Bennett, for joining me on today's podcast. You can follow him over on Twitter at xdiamondcutx. And he's all over uh, Instagram and Facebook, too. And definitely give the Acacia Strain a follow on all their social platforms as well. You can follow me over on the social media at Rock the Walls on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can catch me over on the idea we have on middays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday to Friday. And, of course, catch Rock the Walls live Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Adobe Howell. And then again, Saturdays on Adobe Radio at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I've been your host, Patrick Walford. You have yourselves a good one. And always remember to listen loud.